Good evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season and some that ran only one episode. Right now, we are in the game show plot. With me, as always, is Noah Houlihan. Whoa! Uncomfortable 90s energy! Ugh. <laughs> uh, this one was a rough one, team. Oh, uh, yes. Well, what are we watching? You should probably say it. MTV's Trashed. Trashed. Now, I think for this one, we got to start with the elephant in the room. We are not sure if we watched all of it. Uh, I'm almost certain we didn't, actually. Okay. Um, so we have this weird thing that IMDb lists one episode and Wikipedia lists 50. 50 episodes? But I couldn't find evidence of more than four. Okay, because like I, what I was able to find, I didn't do a lot of research, but we, fa- I found the episode we watched, and then I found like what could just be teasers for other episodes, but I could not find another episode. I couldn't find another full episode. I found a contestant's account of being on an episode, okay. and it wasn't the episode we saw. Okay, all right. So there's there's somewhere between one and fifty episodes. Yes. Of, of all right, so we watched one episode. Yes, because at the time when we watched it and decided to do it, we thought that's all there was. Uh, but I'm going to be honest; feel like we saw everything there is to see. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with the game shows is very little seems like it changed. We found clips of another episode, and it seemed markably similar. Yeah. So let, let's go through this episode. Of trashed. This uh, the episode we saw was from April nineteen ninety four. Okay, and it had these very like embarrassingly nineties intro. You're a loser. Say goodbye to your new car. No. Rounding your color television is history. Ah. <laughs> really foul. Yes. And the two teams were Dave and Jace, who were both white dudes, uh, Jordan, who is a black man, and Michelle, who is a white woman, mm-hmm. as the other team. This strikes me as important a little later. Okay. So the premise is, uh, you're asked questions about pop culture, about co- very contemporary pop culture, including a lot of music videos, which ties into what MTV was back then. Yeah. It was still kind of on brand. And if you lost a round, one of your team's possessions was destroyed. Yeah, to be to be on the show, you had to bring in something of value to you that could get destroyed. Right. Uh, so the two teams, they brought uh, Dave's electric guitar, Jace's boombox, and Dave's backpack. And now this was the first time I had a problem with this show. Mm-hmm. Was when the announcer was reading, he was like, it was a sentimental backpack before Winnie opened for Ozzy Osbourne and before Ozzy threatened to bite his head off. And I was like, oh, they're making up facts about these items. Yeah. Um, 
so that was the first time I've had an issue with how the show was run. Michelle and Jordan, it was Jordan's tape collection, remember, 1994. Yes. Michelle's boombox and Michelle's prom dress from, quote, the most important night of her life. Well, it wasn't a boombox. It was a full stereo. Stereo, excuse me. Yeah. So what's interesting is the first words out of host uh, pre-monster Chris Hardwick Yeah. Uh, are, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> you should say, we have this woman who is displaying... Andrea, all, yes. Andrea, who is dressed like Jill Valentine. Yes. Which I don't think is on purpose because I don't th- I don't remember when uh, <laughs> Resident Evil came out. But she's 100% just dressed like Jill Valentine. I mean, that was also just fashionable in yeah, 1994. That's true. That's true. Uh, and then they're like, give it up for your host, Chris Hardwick. And I, this is important. The crowd cheers just too much for him. And now, here's the host and the self-styled leader of this taming horde of freaks, Chris Hardwick! First possession, they know teams to be trashed. Hands in your buzzers. I mean, this would have been, I believe, was this pre or post singled out? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing it's just MTV energy. Yeah, because uh, singled out is after this show. So I, I don't understand. I mean, even if this was after singled out, I don't think anyone should be reacting that loudly. To the guy who hosted Singled Out. Yeah, that's Or the guy true. who hosted Trashed. Uh, but they cheer too much to the point where he says, like, Okay, all right, I gotta, sh- I gotta start the show. Right. And this will be important later, but I just think it's insane how much applause he gets for being the host of Trashed. Yeah, and, like, we don't get a lot of impression about whether this is, like, an early episode or not. Yeah. So, uh, the first thing is they tell you to do a Rodney Dangerfield impersonation. Please do your best imitation of Rodney Dangerfield doing his famous loser catchphrase. Dave and Jace, I get no respect. All right, very good. What do you want to see, Trash? Yeah, and it wasn't you also had the Noah's catchphrase. Yeah. And whoever got it right got to choose which personal item was up for trashing. And the dudes win. The with the uh, uh, I get no respect, uh, I'm and they choose kidding. Michelle's stereo, and they choose Michelle's stereo. So, the way it works is there will be three questions, they're mm-hmm. worth 50 points apiece. And uh, what's her name again? Michelle, uh, Michelle's bo- stereo, Michelle, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michelle's team needs to get two of the three questions right to save it, to save it, and it's pop culture questions, but. Through this, like, weird lens of a weird character. A wacky character. Because the first one is... Hollywood's most flamboyant historian. Time to visit with Hollywood's most flamboyant historian, Shane Gray. Thank you, Christopher. When I used to work on Joni Loves Chachi, I was his dialogue coach slash personal trainer. And I was always getting in fights with the network over... 
the direction of the show. Well, Chachi always kept himself, kept himself in tip-top shape, what with working out, running, jogging, kickboxing. He had abdominals you could scrub your underwear on. <laughs> he used to be, he used to mention another show he was on before, had something to do with the Fonzer and Richie. Um, Toby? Toby, you can you get me my photo album? What star of Joni Loves Chachi is he talking about, Dave and Jace? And it's a camp gay joke. Yeah, it's just a guy just talking. And I think he was on the Ellen sitcom? Yeah, he was very effeminate. He was very... No, he was played up as a gay stereotype. I know, but I was trying to figure out if he was on Ellen. Oh, I don't know who he is. Oh, you didn't know who he was? No, I never... Um, the rip on YouTube isn't the super greatest quality. Mm. So it was very hard for me to, like, figure well, out who people were. In any case, he looks like the fat guy from Ellen. <laughs> if you guys remember the Ellen sitcom. Uh, and, yeah, he's just an effeminate guy who tells stories about being on a set. And you have to figure out who he's talking about. Which is a kind of fun gimmick to do trivia. Okay. But it's not done well here. No. Because this reminded me He of... totally was the guy from Ellen. Nailed it! Point for... I just saved my... What's something I've risked? I, I just saved my uh, portal replica gun. Yeah, except that... you. I never believed any of these things were of significant value to... The contestants. That's something I'm going to get into a little yeah, later. Yeah, it's debatable. I have, I have theories about that as well. Um, but it's a very, like, long, awkward gay joke. Yeah. That's something Didn't that... Didn't age well. Yeah, like in 2018, you know, 25 years down the line, is actually just low-key a little horrifying. Because mm -hmm. the, the thing is, though, and this will not be the first time uh, we see this, it doesn't do well as a bit. No. Like, you... It's not like you hear silence from the audience. You hear, like, uncomfortable laughter. Which means, like, we're watching comedians just die in front of an audience. Yeah. And it's insane to me because the solution to this is, we'll just throw a laugh track over it. But no, not Slipshot MTV in the early 90s. They're just like, ah, it's good enough. Put it on television. The show does look overwhelmingly inexpensive. Yeah, I mean, I actually think the set looks amazing because it's supposed to look trashed. It's supposed to look thrown together and not great to the point that, like, the scoreboards for the different contestants are in different fonts. Like, right. they're not matching. And I, I thought that was... Chris Hardwick wonders aloud if one team's is broken at one point. Yeah, because they're doing so poorly. So I think the set looks... I think one of the few charming things about the show is the set and how it looked. Fair. Uh, so, excuse me. So they ask these terrible questions. Yeah, they're like very dumb. And Jace and the dude team are successful, so they're going to destroy the stereo. And I'll admit, I love this. Okay. Uh... <laughs> they they're 
They're about to destroy the stereo, and they're like, wait a minute, it's the girl from the Aerosmith video. Yeah, it was from, like, the crazy video. I think it's it's either crazy or crying. Yeah, it's, it's Alicia Silverstone before Alicia Silverstone was famous, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and... They're like, oh, wait, put the stereo down. It's the girl from the Aerosmith video. And they cut to the shot of where she jumps off the bridge. And then they cut back and just a body falls and smashes the stereo. This is a good timely joke. Yeah, I mean, this is very much a product of that moment. Uh, it it reminded me of uh, Attack of the Show. Okay. Because there was an episode where... They were talking, and it was during the Balloon Boy scandal. Right. So they would just be talking, and all of a sudden the Balloon Boy would just go by. And they're like, oh no, here it comes again. And that was just, that was the whole bit. Okay. Like, the idea of taking something very, very topical, hitting a joke in a setting that's not really a comedy show, but a game show. Right. I think it's well done in this moment. End of compliments for this show. Yeah, I didn't, (laughs) I mean, I didn't love it because it hinged on a suicide joke. Well, have you seen that music video? Yeah. She's know? fine. Yeah, she she bungee cords and gives the finger. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I thought it was in poor taste. I mean, I I know when the... I think by this point, I already didn't like the show, though. So yeah, that's good. not... I wouldn't be surprised. So it's hard for me to like... Sometimes when I don't like a thing, it's very hard for me to come back from. Yeah, my thought is, I know she's fine in the video. Like, I just assume that, like, oh, instead of it being a bungee cord, she lands on a stereo. Okay. So, I I thought that was a fun little... It showed that they were trying. Yeah. Because they could have easily just dropped a bowling ball on it and called it a day. Yeah, they definitely seem to be um, pushing hard for that, like creative destruction. Yeah. Because that seems to be their their thing, that's their gimmick. That's what they have to offer. Yeah. So uh, then the next round, uh, since Jace won the, f- Team Jace won the first round, they get to pick again in the second round and they pick Michelle's prom Michelle's dress. Michelle's prom dress. And I was like, oh, we're just kind of going after the lady and this kind of sucks. Yeah, like it, it looks bad, especially again with 2018, you're looking at it like, Ah, the two white guys are going after a woman and a man of color. <laughs> um, I don't think I'd go that far. Um, no, it's just like that's, they go after the, all the girl stuff. The only girl around on the set other than that is Andrea. And she seems decorative. I think. Like there's not, none of these characters that show up are women. All of the, like, characters who come to ask questions are men. Like, the show feels sexist to me. And maybe it's it needed another woman, at least, as one of the characters. Or Andrea needed to actually do something. I mean, I can, I can understand your points when it comes to written bits. But when it comes to the contestants, like... To call it sexist or racist because a team is winning a game show is kind of a weird point to make. Especially since it's one episode of apparently 50. If if all 50 episodes is just like stealing women's things and destroying them, okay, I'm sure. I mean, it looks bad that the woman is the and The game is set up in a way that like, well, they get to pick. So there's not really like a way to come back and go after the guy, like go after the other team. Well, they could get the questions right. Yeah, but it, 
all that happens then is you defend your thing. You don't get to, like, I would argue that if, say, Michelle and Jordan got the que- uh, the first question right, they should be able to choose a thing of Dave and Jace's. Yeah, so if, that if you successfully save your item, you get to choose something from the other team for the next round. No, what I'm saying is to raise the stakes. Say there's you have these three questions. So, Michelle's prom dress is up. Okay. Michelle and Jordan get the first question, for example. Mm-hmm. They can pick something of Dave and Jace's, and now there's stakes to okay. get that second question. I get that. Like, uh, but this sounds more like a a problem with the rules. I don't see sexism in this. Well, I just, I feel like it, like, I'm not saying that the game is inherently sexist. I didn't like the fact that there was, like, no women besides Andrea who was decorative. I'm just saying it looked like, it struck me as uncomfortable in this episode that's like, oh, well, the girl's getting all of her stuff destroyed. I definitely thought it was mean of the other team to do that. Especially because, like, the the choices were stereo, prom dress, and what was his... Like the, his the tape collection. His tape collection and stuff like that. Like, to go for the stereo first, it's like, well, that's clearly the most valuable thing. Well, you're kind of just being a dick. Yeah. Uh, but, again, you, you're forced to do that because that's what the show is. Right. And I kind of have a theory on why they don't pick the tapes. I think they didn't have a creative way to destroy the tapes and told them to do the prom dress. That's entirely possible, too. Because the tapes are smaller and well, probably harder to destroy. Let, let's jump right into it. Okay. Do you believe this is real? No. I don't think there's anything... Like, these things are so generic looking. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is going to seem like a weird thing to point out, but, like, the stereos are all completely unlike unremarkable. Yeah, the, like, there's nothing remarkable about any of the things here. There's no stickers all over them. There's no, like, this machine kills fascists graffiti on them. Yeah, and I don't remember if it was this episode or in the clips of stuff we were looking for, but a TV gets broken. Right. And they drop an anvil on it, which is, like, fun, Looney Tunes way of destroying something. Yeah, that's in this episode. It is in this episode. It's later, yeah. Uh and when it gets destroyed, Hardwick actually says, What a weird Wiley County ending to that lovely TV circa 1973, all right? Yeah, like kind of calling out that it wasn't new looking in any way. Yeah, which made me think that either A, he doesn't give a shit about this television because it's old, or B, this isn't real. <laughs> like, I imagine these are really their possessions. Like, I could see these being, but they're not, like, there's something Michelle and Jordan bought at a yard sale on the way here, like. Well, because I did have the thought of how important is your prom dress that you're never going to wear again? Yeah, like, I don't know because I'm very unsentimental about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, my wedding dress is currently in a garbage bag in our closet. So, like, yeah. I'm a bad example. Because <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I 100% did not buy the show. No. I was like, oh, they're just breaking stuff. This is just to see things broken. I don't believe that these people have any attachment to these items. Yeah, the audience, or not the audience, the players also didn't really have any kind of emotional reactions when the things were destroyed. Well, I did notice that when things were destroyed, they put up like bulletproof glass, which was probably not bulletproof glass, and they put on goggles. Mm-hmm. 
And when they were cutting back, they were taking them off almost as if to hide that that happened. But like, there was no reaction. Like, yeah, it was there to protect. Like, that was one of the few things that was responsible about this show. Is it was there to protect, mm-hmm. especially if you're dropping like an anvil on a TV. You don't want a piece of glass to fly off. Right. Hit a contestant and an MTV gets sued. Right. But I I did not buy this. I was kind of expecting you to find research and be like, nah, this whole show is a bunch of crap. I mean, there isn't much on it. It's this weird little show. There's just not a lot on it. Okay. I mean, when you think about the fact that there's allegedly 50 episodes. And (laughs) that no one cares. And there's very little on it. Uh, So in any case, uh, it's rinse and repeat. That exact concept for the for a large portion of this show. So it's they ask some questions through another wacky character, Encyclopedia and it, Boy, and and something gets destroyed. Now it's worth noting that we get, uh, I forget he was a Cabana Boy or whatever. Um. Yeah. Sorry, you're going. You jumped ahead like real far. I, I'm jumping ahead because I don't feel like there's a lot worth talking about. So well, I was going to talk about how the prom dress gets destroyed. and Okay, we can go through that. Uh, like, the dress gets dunked in ranted bean dip and sliced up with a katana. Mm-hmm. So they clearly, like, had a plan in place to destroy it. That's why I kind of think they don't go with the tapes. Yeah. I think there's extensive coaching on what things to go after. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also in the rip that we saw, there are ads, and they were really fun. Yes, I don't think that they have anything to do with our review, but it was fun to see old commercials for Levi Shorts. I mean, anything, if anyone's watching this, they're probably going to watch it on the same YouTube rip. That's a good point. (laughs) So, probably it's not worth, I mean, it's worth mentioning to me that, like, the vintage ads are interesting. Yes, and far more entertaining than the show. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about them a little bit. You get to see a macho man snap into a Slim Jim ad. Mm Mm-hmm. There's an ad for Serial Mom. Oh, yeah, Serial Mom. A lot of movies. Yeah, this was actually, like, far more interesting uh, than the show. Uh, in the second round, it's Jace's VCR, Jace's boots, Dave's watch, Michelle's boots, uh, Jordan's blow dryer, and Jordan's TV. And they pick Jordan's TV, and there's an anvil dropped on it. Yes. At this point, the show feels one-sided and hard to be invested in. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, maybe we caught a bad episode. Maybe, yeah. But, like, it's just this other team getting demolished. Yeah. Uh, And it should be noted, one of the items that is at risk is a VCR. Right. And then later in the episode, there's a part where they're like, contestants may receive a VCR. It's like, oh, you're legitimately not risking anything because you're getting a new VCR at the end of this episode. Right, and, like... Again, everything looks very unpersonalized. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, a seafoam green prom dress that they probably b- bought at Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing here looked personal. Uh, and then we get the greasy boy, who's the pool cleaner to the stars. That's right, the pool cleaner to the stars. And it's baby Brian Posehn. It's Brian Posehn, and he super eats it. Like He really He does. gets no laughs and it's to the point where, like, you're unsure when it's over. Let's check in with Greasy Boy, the pool cleaner to the stars, and get the scoop on these upcoming music videos. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> these people, uh, this guy, uh, 
and his wife, you know, uh, they seem nice enough, but there's something weird in their filter. <laughs> uh, hey, what do we have here? Hmm. Oh, sounds good. What Whitney Houston Bobby Brown video was he working on? Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, is the is the bit done? Uh, 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 all, all right, what pool was he cleaning? Yeah, like, the questions are asked in such a way that, like, there's a beat to figure out what the question even is. Well, because sometimes the, uh, the, the question is basically being asked by the character. Right. Where it'll be talking for a while, it's like, oh, whose pool is that? Uh, and other times it's like... Clearly, he was talking about Slash. What band is Slash the guitar player for? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So, like, when it's like that, it's like, oh, that character was a waste of time. Yeah, but Jordan, and Jordan sweeps the round and saves his cowboy boots. Yes. He actually, there is a save that happens. Yeah, and then they do the, like, sudden death round. And it turns into, like, quasi-double dare? It's... Yeah, it's very interesting. They take, they they split the partners up. Yeah. And if you are ahead at the end of this round, you move on to the bonus super fantastic round. Right. If you lose, your partner gets trashed. Yes. And it's basically dis or dat with three options and not done well. No, it's really dumb. Because it was... Each one of these questions will be worth 150 points. I'm going to read you a clue. You tell me whether it relates to famed actor... C. Thomas Howell. Who? Famed surgeon, C. Everett Coop. Mr. Coop, you're telling the truth. You're fired. Or famed motion picture producer and director, C.B. DeMille. I'm ready for my cloth with Mr. DeMille. Again, after each coup, please respond, C. Thomas Howell, C. Everett Coop, or C.B. DeMille, Andrea. Yeah, it was, and the only thing that was similar about them is their names. Yeah. In other cases, it was just like, oh, well, he's a scientist and he's a director. (laughs) I think I can figure out which one's which. Yeah, it's really, really obvious who is who. And if you didn't know who one of them was, you'd figure it out by the first time the other team got that question right. You're like, oh, oh, he's a scientist. Okay. It was, it's not done very well. No, and it's, they're very obvious and it's just a test of reflexes. Although it does seem like you could, uh, you couldn't answer until after Chris Hardwick was done. Yeah, this is this is a major problem I have with game shows. Because is... you can see uh, the dude banging on the uh, and you buzzer. you can hear it. You hear like click, 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 click. Right, uh, 1956 director Charlton Heston in a classic remake of his biblical epic, Dave <laughs> DeMille. And then it's not until he's done talking that someone buzzes in. And there are times where you hear both teams doing it. So there begs a question of that there are there's oh, what's it called uh player one priority yeah where if you're the first in the circuit you will always buzz in first mm. and that seems to be a situation where that could be an issue yeah i could definitely see that and and team one always seems to be winning yeah <laughs> uh the show is bad and then they have this thing where like so jordan gets trashed oh they have the oh the speed runs after sorry Jordan gets trashed, and then Jordan and Michelle are given 10 hours community service each. Well, well let's talk about how he got trashed. Okay. Uh, they they bring out a fraternity. 
or the the alums of a uh, of a fraternity, and they drink beer over top of them, and then they throw up on them. And one of them's Doug Benson. Yeah, I mean, good for Doug Benson like, getting ah, work. There he is. Good for him. And then they run away. Yeah, it's uh, still bad. Yeah, like, you didn't feel like you got trashed. You, you feel like you got spit on. Yeah, and it, they're wearing like a Double Dare style onesie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's. it wasn't interesting. It was just kind of like, and like, once you saw them come out, you're like, okay, I get what's going to happen. Uh, then it's happening. You, All right. You didn't even do it that well. Okay. So then um, Jordan and Michelle get assigned 10 hours of community service to help save the rainforest because it's the 90s and that's the only charity anybody does. Is that what happened? Yes. Okay. And then we get, and then we get to the speed round at the end with the two. We need to talk about this more then. Okay. If you go on the show and you come in second, you then give to charity? Uh, Something good came out of this show, is what I'm getting at here. So I was reading another contestant's experience with the show, mm-hmm. and they said they lied and gave the producers wrong phone numbers at the end, so that they didn't have to do the community service, because <laughs> they were so mad that they got nothing and got community service. <laughs> The fact that they waited till the end of the show to be like, all right, so <laughs> we've, we've destroyed all your Star Wars action figures and all of your mom's records. Give me your phone number. <laughs> we have an inconvenient Saturday for you. Yeah, like that's what it is. And then we get to the speed round, which is like, name that artist. I liked this. It was... Your partner sat with three TVs behind him, and and you sat with three TVs behind you, and you had to get them to name the artist video that was playing behind them without singing the lyrics, saying the name of the person in it. Or naming another song. Naming another song that they've done, uh, or, or doing, like, rhymes. Yeah. So, like, it sounds kind of easy, but, like, if... NSYNC's Bye 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 was playing behind me and you couldn't say anything about it. All you could really say is like, oh, they're hanging by strings and... Uh, boy band. They're on a train now. You could say boy band. You could say boy band. Yeah. And, and then I would be like, oh yeah, that's the NSYNC video. It's a very interesting game. Uh, except that the, one of them is Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. and I believe one of the players goes, Guns... Ready, set, Go! Um, bums and guns and pose, uh, guns and roses. That's right, Jake Stewart. Like one of the players. Oh, I don't remember that. One of the players like leads him really. I know that one of the bands is Kiss, and the yeah. guy just goes smooch, and he goes, "Oh, Kiss." Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, what a great idea to use synonyms." Yeah, which is not against the rules. <laughs> so they like, it's an interesting game. Mm-hmm. It's faster paced than the rest of the uh Yeah. Show. Nothing's being trashed. Yeah, and then the uh which is odd to me to have this bonus round where like nothing's at stake. Well you, it could have been fun to have like an ultimate winner who gets a bonus prize. I, I and have the teams turn on each other a little bit at the end. Well Your I, friendship is trashed. I guess the bit is you've risked your things and you've won. So now you've earned the right to win a trip. 
Right. Because you had to you had to do this to win a trip to a country that I'd never heard of. Um, what do you mean? Like winning the game and beating the other team. What was it like? Where was the trip to? I don't. Re- I they said it at the beginning of the show, and I was like, I don't know what that is. They said it was a European vacation. Um, are you talking about the fact that the company was called Kantiki Holidays? Yeah, what country's Kantahihi? That's the name of the company. Oh, I thought that was a country, and I was that's like, "That's like, a weird country." That's like Must how be one the, of those uh, ninety countries. Oh my god, that's like how if you ever have like a Disney travel agent, they're always called like Magical Adventures. We can't use Disney's name because we'll get sued. Oh, all right, I didn't realize. In any case, like I kind of get the idea of you—you you bet your stuff, you've won. So now here's your, your chance to win a prize. Okay, I get it that way. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been more fun if you turned on each other. Yeah, that would be and fun. And it would, like, trash your friendship. I like that idea a lot, actually, the more I think about it. Yeah, there could have been a lot of ways to improve the gameplay mm-hmm. in this yeah. and make it, like, more interesting. The whole game feels very surprisingly low stakes. Not very funny. It's not very funny, and, like, it is very kick you while you're down because like if if you win you keep your stuff and you go on a trip if you lose you just lose all your stuff right and it's just like oh all right and you get like a parting gift yeah and like I, a star trek dvd or excuse me star trek video in the one i was reading mm-hmm. that's what they were given a star trek video yeah now, you, no. so you read an interview with someone that was on the show. Yes. Was their stuff trashed? Uh, they say it's theirs. But again, it's like Simpsons videotapes, a Yoda pillow, and Darren's uh, Birkenstocks. Uh, what was the last thing? Birkenstocks, their sandals. Oh, yeah. Because I know I've, I have deep attachments to my flip-flops. This I mean, is dumb. Yeah, they do act like it is their stuff. It's just, it's not very interesting. Well, here's the main problem I have with this show. This is what I did on my show. The whole point of uh, the Plus Two Comedy podcast back in the day is someone from the crowd got to come on and be on the show, but they had to risk one of their own prizes. Right. And either you lost your thing or you won a bunch of stuff. And it was to add this idea of stakes and things like that. This doesn't do it as as in a fun way. No, like this show feels kind of mean. Yeah. Um and But I, like inauthentically mean. Like it feels like it's trying to be mean, but also like that these things don't mean anything to the people really. Yeah. Because I'm guessing you don't bring your actual favorite stuff on the show. Because there's nothing... There's nothing seemingly legislating that. Because one of the items was a backpack. And, like, I don't know how you get, like, really attached to a backpack. And it was an ugly backpack at that. Yeah, like, I I have a, a few bags that I'm, like, attached to. But nothing that I couldn't just rebuy. Exactly. And... Uh, the show just does a, a poor job of making me feel attached. But I, we might be looking at this through 2018 eyes. In 1994, 
it was much harder to get on television. That's true. Like, cable is still under 10 years old at this point, right? It's a little over... A little older 10 years. It's a little over 10 years, but it's not like it is now. Yeah, I mean, like, MTV is under 10 years old at this point. Um, I don't think that's true either. I I thought MTV was 1986. No, 1985. 1981. Really? Yeah, MTV was one of the first networks. Oh. Well, sorry. In any case, it was harder to get on television those days. Right. Like, now... Like, to be on some sort of media that people can consume, all you need is your friend Jeff Stormer and your friend John Snyder to buy you a new microphone, and then you can make a podcast. Thanks, guys, for this microphone. Thank Uh, you to our sponsor, the Talking Nog Podcast. No, that's not true. Uh, Do not, no, don't do that. Um, I'm making a point. (laughs) 2018 episode will be dropping soon. I'm making a point about our show, and you are advertising a bad podcast that's about a drink. Uh, Talking Nog, the holiday classic. A holiday tradition about a holiday tradition. Uh, It's a yearly tradition about a yearly tradition, and I hate that I know that. In any case, the point that I'm making... The point I want to make is this is a time where it's more difficult to get on television and get noticed than it is now. So the idea of you have to risk something to be on television makes more sense in the 90s than it does now. Okay. I mean, yeah, the idea of you had to be willing to kind of make more of a fool of yourself and embarrass yourself in a way that, like, I mean, you now with dating reality shows, you're still embarrassing yourself pretty badly, but you don't have to do quite the same things. I mean, and now with YouTube, there's ways to like get a following and get an audience and kind of get out there without damaging your dignity or self-esteem. Yeah. So it's a time where no one knew how to get on television and this was a path. So I think that's another reason why this could exist. Again, I'm not fully buying the premise. No. But that's a reason that this could exist. Uh any other points you would like to make? Because I, I have a, a closing statement. Uh, again, I don't really buy most of the show being authentic. Uh, I kind of... I know I was thinking about how they were like seemingly ganging up on Michelle. But it kind of seems like they were ganging up on whatever had easier stuff to destroy. Like they kind of had this like... The tape collection would have been harder to right. destroy cinematically. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think that was where they were going. And it did look like they were uh, destroying, uh, they destroyed something of Jordan's as well. They picked the TV, which is inarguably more entertaining to destroy than a blow dryer. Yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, I I think, I meant to make this point earlier, but uh, when the comedians are dying out there. And they are. And they are completely dying. It makes me feel crazy. Because of the response Hardwick got for being there. Like, the crowd is raucous, and they still can't capture them. I think it ties into what you said. Uh, I think it ties into, they're excited they're on TV, and at the beginning of a taping, Mm -hmm. it's really easy to have that enthusiasm and be psyched and be like, yeah, we're on TV, look, I'm on a show! And then, like, the show's not entertaining, 
that that was another thing that drove me crazy. For as loud as that audience was, there are no shots of them. That's true. Like, why not show them if they're there? Uh, which maybe then go back and think, is there not really an audience? Then why aren't they laughing at the comedians? <laughs> if it's done in post, uh, it's so confusing. Yeah, it's it's not a well-produced show. There's a charm to it. There's like that old school 90s inexpensive charm. Yeah. But it's not... Do you think it's a stay tuned or a stay doomed? I believe that this show rose from the dead and was reincarnated as another MTV show that is done a lot better than this. Oh? There's a show called Kidnapped. Uh, It had Dave Holmes host it, and it was a lot like this show, but they got rid of the teams. Okay. So it was so much better. It was two, two friends are trying to rescue, air quotes, their kidnapped friend. Okay. And if they earn enough points, they escape and they go on a trip. But part of it is that, like, they're holding this guy ransom. So if you do not supply enough points, we're going to break his stuff. And it's an it's a fun concept of, like, the person whose stuff is at risk is not the one playing. Right. They're just kind of dealing with stuff getting broken. And, like, there's also parts of it where they're like, hey, so you guys are doing real well. You need 12 points to get into the next round. Uh, you currently have, like, 10 points. Uh, for two points, uh, tell me how your friend answered this question. And they cut to the friend who's, like, in the holding cell. And they're like, hey, we'll give you this skateboard for free, but we're going to take three points away from your friend's. So then it cuts back to them. They're like, well, we'd like to think that they're not going to take the the bet or take the skateboard. Uh, we trust our friend. And then it cut back and they're like, and it's just him like holding a skateboard. Like cradling it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, skateboard. And then the points go down and now everyone's screwed. But he has a, he has a skateboard. Okay. The fact that the only people torturing each other are friends Makes the show so much better. Yeah. Still not great. Still not an amazing show, but fixes a lot of the issues. Yeah, I mean, Kidnapped in and of itself is also a short-lived 2002 game show that we might end up watching someday on this very channel. Maybe. I don't know. Game Show Month has been rough. Uh, Game Show Month has been not great. No, it's it's not a, a great experience, really. So you think this has been resurrected? I think it like I think it's been reincarnated as kidnapped. As a matter of fact, if you want to watch the show, go watch Kidnapped. It's a little bit better, and also get better taste in television. Seriously, uh, unless you you know just like '90s ads. Yeah. Um, I I would say this is a hard stay doomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cool like there's cool aspects of it like all the up-and-coming comedians who are able to like kind of cut their teeth here Mm -hmm. but like oh it's bad yeah it like it it's kind of interesting to be like oh you know there's doug benson cool it sucks to be like to watch them fail and not even like in a fun way like because you know they're trying but like i don't know if this is even something they wrote 
Yeah. It's and, just it's just not fun. And the comedy's not good or it's very one note. It's very bad college improv. Yeah. It super wants to be remote control. Yeah. That's what it wants. It wants to be remote control and it just isn't. Yeah, it's bad. It is bad. Yeah. It's a bad show. It's a bad show and we're done. And l- l- I want you to hear the anger in my voice watching one episode and some other clips I found on YouTube. When I found out there was 50 episodes sitting here right now, I was infuriated. It's funny. It, it's funny because it was 50 episodes, but it still ran for less than five months. Yeah, I bet it ran in syndicate like every day at six. Because that's what MTV used to do with their game shows. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have run, quote, 50 episodes and then like really just been... That might be another reason for the low audience participation, because uh, they might have been doing four or five episodes a mm-hmm. day filming. Yeah. And the audience is super psyched because they're told strictly by the producers, like, we're starting an episode, get excited! And they get excited and then they're tired again and they don't care. Uh, another point is... I this th- would have been smack dab in the middle of the run, an April episode. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but another thing I want to say is, it's clear that this show cost nothing oh yeah like you had to pay hardwick and the other like little actor guys and stuff like that but like it's rare that someone wins the trip and they say that like uh audience members may or participants may receive may receives very interesting wording and they announce some prizes and then they say prizes provided by and it's like the catalog where you can buy these things. Which means they're not even spending the money on the prizes. Right. There was a deal that they cut with this company so that they would get free advertising on a game show. Which means the show costs nothing. Yeah, the show probably made money for MTV Hand Over Fist. Oh, yeah. It's not very good. No. It's a hard stay doomed. Uh, we. This is a five Monday month. Yeah. God, we still got two more of these? Yeah. And uh, we decided that next week, we're doubling up. Oh, we're doubling Uh, down. There were two game shows that were basically the same concept that came out at the same time that ran less than a season. So you know what? We're doing them both. We're going to take a look at the chamber. And we're going to take a look at the chair. Yes, at the chamber chair. Time. Chamber chair. Chamber chair. So join us next Brought week. Brought to you by Talking Nog. Stop. <laughs> uh, join us next week for Chamber Chair. Links are, of course, below if you want to check out Chamber or the chair or both. Or Chamber Chair. Or Chamber Chair. Uh, where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or Twitter or Facebook at Stay Doomed. And what if people wanted to see us like in person? Oh, if you want to see us in person, uh, you can come to MAGFest. MAGFest! Specifically to Mag Laughs. Uh, there will be two Mag Laugh shows. We, we don't know which ones we're on. Yeah, could be both, could be neither. Well, it's definitely at least one. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely not neither. And I'm pretty sure it's definitely not both. <laughs> I have no idea! We don't have the schedule yet. Uh, so that's January 3rd through 6th in National Harbor, Maryland. Yes, we'll also be doing a comedy writing workshop. Yep, yep. We will be doing our new game show, Geek Out, and our now old game show, Game, game the, the Gamer. Gamer. So be sure to come check us out. So if you want to see people really get trashed, come see Game the Gamer. Don't you have another show? Oh, and if you want to see... I always forget. Because uh, MAGFest is the only one I do this one at. 
So if you want to see some real improv and not terrible game show improv, uh, you can come see These Guy Are Sick at MAGFest and uh, someone who looks strikingly like me will be there. If you want to talk to me about game show ethics and accountability in maintaining the standards of how a game show should run, I'm at TV's Noah. If you want to watch a whole bunch of 90s commercials and talk about them, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.